Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tangents. I hope you're all doing well in these uncertain times. Uh, I can say it's definitely been weird for me. I'm still unemployed, still looking for work. So, if a couple more weeks and I'm going to be on that corner. Anyway, if you have any guests that you want to have back on the show, or anything you like, if you want to send nudes or death threats, Go ahead and send those over to thetangentspod at gmail.com. Again, it's thetangentspod at gmail.com. Okay, so my guest today is Mr. Drew Absher. He's a super talented, very funny comedian based in Sacramento, California. He also does the Fill My Heart podcast with co-host Parker Newman. Just to give you a little bit of backstory about Drew, very funny, very talented guy, as I said, very humble, modest. I respect and, and admire him for those aspects. He even got me my first paying gig in comedy as part of his scary storytelling show at Stab Comedy Theater Camp with Drew Ebsher. We even uh, were working to get a show together, combine the two shows that we were running out of Stab, kind of make them a hybrid together, but then that bastard COVID hit. Although I guess there are more important problems right now but i digress thank you for listening i had a lot of fun on this episode drew was a really good hang he had a lot to say give it up for the very talented and my good friend mr drew absher all right we're live dude thank you for coming over sir yeah no problem dude i'm here with the immortal drew absher yeah one known as the i believe it's known as like the the proud boy of sacramento yeah Comedy that's scene. kind of yeah the proudest boy really <laughs> the end of the day yeah you guys do a proud boy podcast right? yeah i mean alt-right centric at least you know i don't know if i'd say it's proud boy you know we don't really like to get into too much of an identity but it definitely is uh far right uh a lot a lot of uh pro-trump stuff on there it is weird dude like the podcast is obviously super fucking uh like me and Parker are very, we're both fucking leftists, you know, like we're both mm. very, oh, I'd, yeah. I'd consider like at least describe myself as like democratic socialist. I don't know what Parker would identify as politically, but like, um, but then like people do like get mad at us sometimes for like saying stuff. And I'm like, you can't like, at least in my opinion, it's hard to be like, Hey, what you've said is X, Y, and Z when it's like, my beliefs are. Yeah. so radically left like yeah well, you know like it, it's you know, you're it's, a comic you're supposed to say silly shit that doesn't that's like what is it um like ridiculous yeah yeah i mean that's the whole point yeah i i at least that's my feelings about it i i know that like it's i hate when people get like way too self-serious about comedy oh yeah um but there is like a little bit of it in me when people get like get mad at something specifically I say, like when people get mad at other comics, I'll go like, look how stupid this person is. But mm -hmm. when someone says it like about me, I'm like, oh, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I'm like, it's no longer a joke. So I got to, I got to get over that. I got to just, when someone, I used to be really good at it when people would be like, Hey, I didn't like when you'd say this. I'd go, Oh, I'm sorry that like that, that didn't land with you or whatever. But now I've just started kind of internalizing it a little bit and being like, fuck you. Like, I, 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 that's not racist, you know, like, <laughs> or whatever. I'm not racist. It's a good strategy. Me. I think just calling out the audience. Have you started threatening them? I have, yeah. Just I've started doxing people. That's that was, a good way to go. Yeah, that was kind of my big thing for 2020s. I wanted to learn how to dox people. I've the <laughs> been really taking advantage of public search records. Dude, I actually... Uh, I had a fucking hilarious thing happen with public records the other day, actually. I know that that's like the worst setup to like a, sounds like a fucking NPR setup, but, um, this is fresh air. Yeah. yeah. Um, hello. Um, welcome. Uh, no dude, basically I had to get proof of a name change. I changed my name when I was 18. My last name was something different. Oh, okay. And, uh, that's a whole fucking other story. I this isn't um, the den naming podcast. Oh no! I, it's yeah. It's okay. uh, I appreciate you being respectful to my my former self. Um, right. No, I used to. I, my last name was just something different. It was my mom's maiden name, not my dad's. Mm -hmm. um, so I changed it when I was eighteen. And um, so I'm, I'm going through all this FAFSA shit, and I had to like prove that I changed my name for mm -hmm. school, so I could get fucking money from school. And they've uh, made yeah. me do like the runaround for this thing. They're like, I had to like 
get my high school transcripts, which is like $5. And then I did get something notarized, which is 15. And it's like, how much fucking money are you going to make me spend to prove to you that I need money? For real. Like it's fucking jacked up. It really is. Like I'm, I'm happy. I'm in a position where, you know, 30, 40 bucks, like isn't going to kill me, especially over the course of a month or so. But I'm like, you fucking assholes. But anyway, so then they're like, we need proof of a name change. So I'm like, whatever. So I'm, like, researching, like, how to get this name change thing. Because everything's closed still. Like, stuff like the courthouses and stuff are still, like, not fully functioning because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So you do it online. And they charge you $1 for each name search you do for public records. Or you can do, like, 5 for $3 or whatever. But I'm, like, all I need to do is one name search. I'm just going to search my name. And I'll bring it up. And then I'll print it out. Bada bing, bada boom, we're good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I search Andrew Absher, nothing. I'm like, what the fuck? So I search Andrew Fernandes, which is my old last name. Because I'm like, you know, that was who filed. Mm-hmm. That's the filing. Gotcha. So I'm like, Andrew Fernandes. A thing comes up. Some Apparently some guy named Andrew Fernandes was uh, cited in a, a wrongful termination suit. I don't know whose it was. I, I really don't. But I, it may have been me. I think that maybe someone in my family. I don't know. Um, so I'm like, well, that's not what I'm looking for. So then I'm like, I'm like, maybe I fucked up typing my name in or something. <laughs> so I like type in Andrew yeah. Abster again. So now I'm up like three bucks. And uh, I ended up spending like $4 before I'm like, all right, fuck this. I'm going to just like call. So I called the, the the courthouse and guy answers. And I'm like, thank God. Um, and he's like, yeah, let me see what I can do for you. And so like, he's like, I can't find anything for you. And I'm like, well, fuck. And I'm like, well, my sister also changed her name around the same time. And he's like, oh, well, do you like have her information? I was like, yeah, I have like all of her paperwork. Cause my sister's just way more fucking organized than I am. Mm-hmm. So I like grabbed the case number and you can search by the case number. So he searches the case number and he's like, okay, I found it. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, contest of name for uh fernandes okay cool and then he like pulls it up he's like um okay oh i see what happened here i'm like what he's like yeah they put her in the system as amanda fernandes and i'm like so a simple fucking clerical error is costing me money per name search and he's like yeah yeah that's what's happening here and i'm like well how the fuck am i supposed to search my name then like if there's a fucking mistake i don't know what the mistake is and he's like, yeah, I really, you know, he's like, I, I wish I had more ways. And I'm like, and I, at this point, I'm like doing all of this guy's work. Like, yeah, he should no. be able to like know how to search this shit, you know? And so I'm like, oh, I've got an idea. We filed all of the stuff on the same day together. So okay. if we can search it by file date, you know, that'll work. And he's like, yeah, like, that's a good point, actually. And he's like, okay, let me look it up. So he's like, you know, 6-12-2013. And he's like, oh, I found yours. Okay, is your middle name Daniel? I'm all, yep. And he's like, oh, yeah, here it is. Okay, let's see what happened here. Oh, yeah, they put you in the system as Andrin Fernandes. I'm like, so you guys, how the fuck can you charge people money if there's this many, like, clerical errors? And I was just saying, like, I'm like, I mean, they went two for two on me and my sister. Imagine how many fucking thousands of names are misspelled in the system because some dumbass fucking student intern or something. Yeah. It's just fucking it up. It's like, Fernandez, I can kind of be like, whatever. But, uh, Andrin, who the fuck would assume Andrin? Like, even if you saw A N D R E and then a letter that looked like a W or an N, you should always assume that's a W. Yeah. No one's ever been named Andrin. No. You fucking dumbasses. Like no one good. So mad. No one good is named Andrin. That's for I sure. don't even think that's. A, I don't think there's a person in the world named Andrin. It better not be. At least in California. That's true. And uh, if there is, you'll dox him, right? Yeah, it's like some. Fu- that's like some Swedish name or something. Swedish name. Andrin. Yeah. Um, it's like the, it's like a Wayfair example of IKEA furniture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> it's just someone missing named Andrin. Yeah. And there's a fucking a child sex slave inside the cabinet that was the story that we all needed in covid to kind of keep things interesting. yeah i don't know man i got super into that fucking epstein stuff in the past dude, couple I'm months just, dude it's i remember okay speaking about that i remember one time a while ago i was like asking you and parker just randomly like what's the craziest conspiracy that you or crazy by whatever standard that you believe mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and i think you're basically like dude those pedophiles were out there oh yeah i didn't think you were wrong 
I think that my exact answer to you was just like the world is ran by pedophiles. Yeah. If not it. directly, then at least complicit. And like, you know, with the Epstein stuff, you know, something people don't really like to hear, but it's true is like Donald Trump, by all accounts, doesn't seem to be implicated in actually none of it too much of the Epstein stuff like based on it's kind of like like Clinton definitely fucked kids oh, like yeah. there's no doubt about it uh but Trump like it seems like there's allegations but then like there's a lot of evidence that points to like why so one huge thing about the Epstein stuff we found out recently is that Trump and Epstein collided twice like, had a disagreement twice. Mm -hmm. uh, the first was Epstein was hitting on someone's 13-year-old daughter at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, yep. And Trump kicked him out, asked him to leave. And that was, like, their first riff. And people would be like, Trump kicked out Epstein after he hit on a 13-year-old. Yeah, but he didn't call the police. Yeah, he just said like, he just was like, get out of here, Jeff. <laughs> like, that's not, that's complicit, you know? And then the second one was they had a rift over... Um, a $41 million Palm Beach mansion. Right? Yeah, mansion. And basically what happened was Trump showed it to Epstein and was kind of like, what do you think about this, you know? And then Epstein was like, it's really nice. Um, and then uh, Trump or Epstein then swooped in and outbid Trump on mm -hmm. the property. Yeah. And Trump got so mad that he stopped being friends with Epstein. Now, then two weeks later, the cops are called on Epstein and they're told that uh, he's got child prostitutes in his house in Florida. And that's what kicked off the 2008 investigation into Epstein that netted him like nine months of jail, mm -hmm. which Alan Dershowitz, you know, yeah. fucking plead down for him or whatever. But then, that was a whole other but thing then, you know, if we're going a little bit deeper into the conspiracy, oh, let's go, let's go. Uh, like two months later, Trump sold that fucking property to a Russian oligarch for like $10 million under oh yeah no yeah just so, 10 period not yeah just 10 under yeah 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 so or yeah so like maybe it was epstein that wanted the property and then trump outbid him or something uh, yeah but i think it may have been that because trump ended up buying it and then sold it for like way less money to a russian oligarch mm -hmm. and now like obviously knowing what we know now like yeah, I, makes sense. I, I mean the the russian investigation that Mueller did seems kind of bullshit now oh totally but i mean there is definitely like there's no doubt that, like, that administration has done, like, shady shit with foreign governments, mm -hmm. specifically just, in exactly. the former USSR, you know? Mm -hmm. and, I mean, just even before Trump was even involved in politics, he was just he was a shady businessman. Right. That's what shady businessmen do yeah. is get in bed with, you know, mass murderers and drug dealers. And I don't mean drug dealers, like, on the street. I mean, like, you know, opium runners. Yeah, yeah. From, like, the farthest flungs of the world. Right. Yeah, and, like, that totally... A hundred percent. Like anyone with a billion dollars is has done some kind of crime. You know what I mean? Like there's just zero doubt about it. And so like that's what like when you get into like the Epstein forums and shit, like um there's always people that are like, Trump never fucked a kid. I'm like, Yeah, but he knows people who fucked kids. He knows that he knows people that fucked kids and doesn't do anything. No. Like he's complicit in this, you know. Mm -hmm. And the reason he's not doing anything is to protect his assets, which is even more disgusting. Yeah. It's like he's valuing, you know, money over the fucking humanity of a child. So, yeah. like, fuck him and, like, fuck everyone else who fucks kids, which apparently happens to be pretty much every billionaire. So, like... It's, it's not... I mean, I'm sure if you put 100 billionaires in a room... Yeah. And, you know, they're all honest, there'd be a lot of raised hands when you ask, hey, or maybe there's kids? Or maybe there's one, and then you ask, who knew that that guy was fucking kids, and then the other 99 Everyone go up, you know? their hand. Yeah, I mean, this is a theory that I... It's not my theory. I've just heard it from other people. But it's a theory that makes a lot of sense, is that, like, back in the 70s and 80s, when old money was just, like, a thing. So, like, I think that maybe we talked about it when we were having this conversation. Is like, this is not by any means a justification of pedophilia. Uh, but, like, one thing I believe to be true is that, like, for a lot of these guys, a lot of rich, powerful men, getting model pussy is only fun for a certain amount of time. And then after a while, like, it's human nature to go after what's... What's taboo yeah, yeah you know what i mean like you're not supposed to be so you know you start fucking 21 year olds and by getting them cocaine which is mm -hmm. awesome and then you start fucking 18 year olds by getting them you know fucking 
like expensive booze and Gucci handbags. And then that's fine too. Mm -hmm. And then after a while, these guys just start dipping into like 16 year olds and getting Mm -hmm. them a Bentley, you know what I mean? And like just going down and down and down. And, uh, like that seems to really be the truth about these fucking billionaire pedophiles is like, and everything's got a price for these guys. You know, there's nothing they're not willing to pay. And I'm sure that like, you know, for these guys like extravagance is the thing so like in the 70s and 80s like when wall street was just filled with cokeheads not that it's not now but like when that was like uh, you know something that was like popping off like all these guys just wanted like the youngest mm-hmm. pussy they could get and like it just dipped into the realm of pedophilia and now like it's then it just became a thing that happened it was just like yeah no everyone here fucks kids like there's no doubt about it and then like it became so normal to these people because to them, it's like, well, the poor people just don't get un- understand why we want to fuck kids. You know what I mean? And so now what's happening is like all these guys are, are realizing like, oh, wait, there is real life co- consequences for this. And not only do poor people not understand that we just want to fuck kids, uh, they're going to come after us for fucking kids. And so I think that that's like to me, that's why Epstein did get killed mm-hmm. is like. I, everyone's like, oh, it was the Clintons. I'm like, I'm not really sure it wasn't just some fucking... Are the Clintons really relevant anymore? I mean, they're like, they're like shells of what they once were. Bill Clinton can't even have sex and yeah, he's dying. I, yeah, no, I agree. I think that people put way too much... Like, everyone like with Epstein is like, it's Trump, it's Clinton. I'm like, what it most likely is, honestly, is some fucking venture capitalist that none of us know about who owns some fucking defense firm yep, or some shit. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that, to me, is what it most likely is, mm-hmm. is... I, I just don't see, like, why the Clintons... I mean, obviously, the Clinton murder count thing is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but, uh, God, there's going to be so many people who have no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> uh, I'm realizing that. <laughs> That's kind of... I mean, this is tangents, um, all right? There's no fucking... Yeah, no the, if, if you don't know what the the Clinton murder count is, basically... I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's kind of a... Uh, it's kind of taken off as an offshoot of, like, conspiracy theory... Where it's just like the Clintons were connected to a lot of people who just died in very mysterious suicides. Yeah. Like, more than... Like, how many people really know someone who, like, died of suicide? I maybe... Like, a normal person maybe knows, like, three at the, at, at the age of 50. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And the Clintons just happen to be connected to, like, 35. Every, oh and God. it's like... And it's like people that aren't even, like, a... He wouldn't even consider, like, candidates for suicide. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I mean, this guy, he just took out a $3 million insurance policy and uh, just happened to die three days later in a in a car accident where Insane. his brakes were cut. You know, it's like, oh, I wonder, you know, sucks, you know, you feel bad for his family. I don't know. Yeah, you know, our hearts go out to the right. grieving yeah, family. Yeah. Our love, thoughts, and prayers. Yeah, exactly. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, I, I think that, like, the problem... uh that I run into because I really have been like diving way deeper into this shit during quarantine is like, it's so fucking depressing. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I know that everyone at home who's listening to this right now is like, I'm thinking it's hilarious, but it's really, it really is a sad thing. Um, the, but, the kid fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's, I mean, it yeah. is on its face. Hilarious. Yeah. I mean, there is something definitely funny, uh, <laughs> thinking about, no thinking about the fact that like, we've all been fighting each other about shit. Mm-hmm. And then just like all the billionaires are just fucking kids. Oh yeah. Like, you know, it's like such an, it's like a, when you watch like a movie where like people are like trapped in space mm-hmm. and then like, just think about everyone who's on earth. Like while these people are like fighting gravity and shit or like, you know, like vacuum seals, <laughs> you know, like oh, I'm trying to think what was that movie? Gra- it was called gravity. The one where uh, George Clooney and Sandra yes, Bullock. Yes, yeah. Yes. It's like, if you think about that movie and then just think about what's happening on Earth and there's just, like, some dude in an open mic talking about, like, why Nazis aren't that bad or something, you know? Like, it really is just so oh, minuscule. God, um, I have never missed more than I do now insane people talking about why the Nazis weren't so bad at open mics. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, dude, it, it's been funny. You haven't been out to any of the open mics you've been uh, Yeah, I haven't been out to the, 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 the outdoor ones. I'm a bad boy. Yeah. I mean, is there a reason you're not going out to them? No, no, just laziness. Yeah, I get it. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. I'm a little, I'm a little scared to get back on stage, stage relative term. But I mean, there's no good reason. Why is that? To, I don't know. It's just I probably just 
good old fashioned imposter syndrome, and then yeah, you yeah. tell yourself rusty, so you give yourself more reasons. When it's just, it's that mental. At least with me, it's that mental kind of tug of war. I have to always seem to uh, not play with myself, but the mental yeah. tug of war. I always got to like, come on, just don't be, a, don't be a bitch. Just go. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't. Know, especially way more when I first started. Like, did. yeah. I mean, there were times. I think I remember one time you were actually hosting. And this is maybe like a month into me doing comedy. Like I was the whole time before I went up thinking like, will they notice if I just leave? <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely sympathize with that feeling. I mean, I would just, I would do that all the time at open mics. Mm-hmm. It'd just be like, especially at like Luna's, which. Uh, oh God, the soul crusher. Yeah. Well, it's a bucket system. So yep. um, what that means is that like they put names into groups of three and then they get picked randomly. So there's no, there's no list you don't know actually what time you're going up or anything and like once it would hit nine o'clock i'd be i'd just weigh my options i'm yep. like there's six people in this room it's nine o'clock i work at six i gotta be up at 6 a.m tomorrow i'm just gonna fucking go home mm-hmm. and i miss so much fucking stage time just thinking like that but um same here uh what i was gonna say about the outdoor mics dude that's really cool is like i've been like saying this a lot is uh comedy is like obviously it's supposed to be in a, in a controlled environment mm-hmm. you have low ceilings you have people near you laughing that creates a societal pressure to laugh mm-hmm. you have people with drinks and you know so the drinks kind of loosen people up and then best case scenario the people know who they're coming to see or at least what they're coming to see you know what i mean if they're coming to like best of sacramento showcase they can kind of expect to laugh but, like, doing it in the park is 100% the opposite of that. There's no alcohol. There's no ceilings. People are sitting six feet apart wearing masks, so yeah. you can't even see that people are laughing. Uh, they have no idea what they're saying, and it's an open mic, which is the worst kind of comedy. <laughs> so, like, last night, oh, it was so funny, dude. Um, Miriam, who's running it, mm-hmm. decided not to post in the Facebook group, Sacked. Mm-hmm. Uh she just put it on the Instagram, but mm-hmm. like I was going to tell her, I'm like, Hey, like don't like, I think you should post in sacked because not every comedian's going to like look at your story for the update, you know? And then she's like, you think so? And I'm like, yeah, I think you probably should have, but it was like too late at that point. And it's just me, Parker and Miriam at the open mic, like when it's supposed to start. Right, right. And so, like, we reach out to David Samuel, and he's like, oh, yeah, I can come. So then David Samuel comes, and so it's just us four. And, like, a group of maybe, like, 20 people there to watch the mic. And we ended up all just doing, like, 10 to 15 minutes. Like, so, and my point about saying that is, like, the reason I like doing them is because when everything opens back up, I'm not even going to have rust on me anymore. That's Like, everyone who's not... And, like, that is going to be such an advantage as far as, like, bookings go. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if everyone else is rusty, and I've, de- like, I've already started working on new stuff on stage, which has been Good fucking you, awesome. Yeah. And so, like, you know, when things start opening back up, people are going to, like, either, like, m- the biggest mistake I made, first one, is I tried new material. And just bombed because I'm nervous. I'm rusty. I'm not really even sure where this is going. And uh, it's just bombing. And then it made me lose faith in the jokes themselves. Uh, yep. And so I was like, all right, I'm not doing that anymore. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do crowd work and test material for the next couple of ones until I feel like good. And then so it was only a couple of days ago that I actually like started trying new stuff on stage. Um, but so like when things actually start opening back up and there's actual bookings, like I'm going to A, feel totally comfortable doing them and B, Everyone else who's uncomfortable is going to stand out more because they're, you know, they're going to be fucking palm sweaty on stage and getting dry mouth and shit. And I'll just kind of be like, yeah, yeah, no, I've been doing this. You know, I, I was one of the first people in SAC back on stage regularly. So that kind of is like my almost like a source of pride almost. Like, Definitely. Um, not saying that there's I think that there's personally nothing wrong with not going out. Like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not, yeah, I'm not taking this as an affront. No, worry. yeah, no. Well, and anyone listening to it, it's Fuck not it. like a call out of work ethic or anything. I totally am 100% uh, aware of what's happening in the country. And so like, if people are like, yeah, I'm not really down to go stand by comics, like totally get it. Um, but you know, there is a, uh, 
I think there is going to be like an advantage when shit starts opening back up. Definitely. And so I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm happy. But like, dude, last night, like doing, being up there for like 15 minutes, just like running through bits was like super fucking weird and fun. And like one, like felt back to normal, which was really nice. That, so. The sense of normalcy is really, that, that sense of normalcy is really what is, I guess is lacking, but you're totally right, though, about the fact that like, the no rust. Because as a comic, I've ne- you're always, I've always, I've never seen you uncomfortable on stage. Even like when the audience isn't like really giving you anything, you always seem very confident, and you have a good stage. I appreciate presence. that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the reason why I'm saying that is like there should be a lot more comics like myself who don't have that calm, confident stage presence, like myself, who probably yeah. should be getting their asses to the open mic, even if it's outdoors. Yeah. So if you're listening right now, don't be a bitch like myself. Well, I, I think also like, you know, with stand up, there's this like tough as nails mentality of like you have to be able to do well in any situation. You and have I don't, to. I, like, I think that like it's a delicate thing because like there are people who I would consider like I don't mean this as disparagingly as it sounds. I mean it a little bit disparagingly, but not as as it as sounds. Much. But like there are people that are just simply too precious. You know, whose comedy is just too precious for an outdoor setting. And, like, if those people go out, I, I commend them more than anything. But my comedy is just like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if I shoved my own dick in my ass? You know? <laughs> and so then, like, it's kind of hard to, like, um, like it's kind of hard to be like, uh, actually, my, my comedy belongs in a, in a museum more than anything. You know, I can't really do that with my comedy. Like, there's no excuse for me not to get on stage and make a joke about drunk driving, yeah. you know, like in a park. Mm-hmm. But there are people that comedy is like, wouldn't it be just like crazy if like Che Guevara was actually Bernie Sanders? And you're like, yeah, I understand why you want to keep this. In a controlled environment. I think that fucking comedy sucks personally. Yeah. But like I understand like why you'd be like actually this needs to be contained within a club. Yeah. And I need to be doing this under the right circumstances. So. I hate Parker Newman as well. <laughs> yeah. Parker's working on his new revolutionary stuff. He's been wearing a lot of bandanas over his head. It's really? been creepy. No, I'm joking. No, he's uh, got like Che Guevara. Yeah, yeah. And decal on his hood. Yeah, he's wearing like a lot of Rastafarian colors and stuff. It's bizarre. <laughs> He just has dreads now. Yeah, Rasta, Rasta Parker is funny. Um, Rasta Parker, that's that's a. I'd like to see that. Yeah, well, it's yeah. So I just uh, I, I, there's people I know personally, and I have been describing them as that. And then I started thinking, I'm like, is that too harsh of a way to put it? Is like they're too precious? But no, I really do think that's what it is. Is like yeah. there's people that would like look at outdoor open mic and go like, mm, not for me. Not my stuff. My stuff is one-liners that are like, you know, like Stephen Wright is the perfect example of a guy who it's like, I love Stephen Wright. Oh, yeah. But I could see why, like, someone like Stephen Wright would be like, comedy in a park is not where I need to be. Or Mitch Hedberg, same Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. But with that being said, dude, David Samuel is absolutely crushing in the park. Fuck yeah, dude. Parker is absolutely crushing in the park. And uh, so I do kind of like... I mean, the ideal jokes for that setting are hard-hitting one-liners that don't make you think too hard. Or set-up punch, set-up punch. If you can do either of those, like, that's been my strategy is, like, I've been doing, like, hitting them with, like, set-up punch, set-up punch, as many set-up punch jokes as I have, and then go, because I do, like, long-form fucking two-minute bits, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff that's a little bit more, like, stretched out. And when you start off with that stuff, no one wants to hear it. You know, if I'm, like... I mean, why is magic a real thing? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like magicians? What's up with them? People aren't going to be like on board. People are going to be like, say something funny, motherfucker. <laughs> so you do have to kind of prove your worth to them in the first couple seconds. Totally. there, Just like hitting them with hard hitters. Um, and then you, then they give you a little bit more credit. So, dude, it's been really cool because now like it is one of those things where it's like, yeah, I can do well in any environment. Now I'm doing it outside. You know what good I mean? Point. Like That's I'm, a really good point, dude. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about it right now, where I'm like, this is this is much harder than anything I've ever done at, like, Comedy Spot. Like, I shouldn't, I'll never be nervous for anything. I mean, obviously, I'll be nervous when it's, like, if it's, like, a huge stage. Yeah. But for this, it's, like, <sighs> Comedy in the Park is supposed to be, like, the hardest thing you can do, you know? Outdoor comedy is not supposed to be happening. So, yeah. I'm doing it is, like, yeah, fuck you. Like, and, dude, like, audience members have been super tight about it, so... It's been cool. That's awesome, man. And people yeah. are actually showing up for the show 
audience members or it's kind of like happenstance that they're there and they're like, oh, let's stay. I'd say it's about 70% there for the show, 30%. I was playing Frisbee in the park and That's dope. this is cool. That's a Dude, way better proportion than On Tuesday, we're recording this on what, Friday? Yes. On Tuesday, there was like 70 people there. Damn. Yeah, it was fucking awesome, dude. It was like that's awesome. I man. mean, it's better than any open mic in Sacramento. It Look, really yeah. is. Like, I'm honestly like not even joking. I'm kind of like I don't even care when comedy comes back because Miriam's doing these things like four nights a week. Yeah, and that's about as good a stage time as you're going to get when shit's back open. You know, you get like two at Comedy Spot. I guess one at Luna's, but Luna's is so hit or miss. Yeah, Stab is so hit or miss. Yeah. So you're really looking at maybe like four four to five nights of good stand-up mm-hmm. open mics anyway. So mm-hmm. fuck it. Like if we're doing these in a park and Miriam's bringing, like promoting the shit out of it, making Instagram pages for it, all this and that. So fucking awesome, dude. It's been it's been a lot of fun just getting back out there. I I think that like it is funny how I started with like I hate when stand-up is so self-important. And then I'm about to say this is like people really just need the entertainment right now, dude. That's a good point. I, I think it's like anything they can get their hands on is they're just into it. So yeah, definitely, yeah, it's been cool. Sorry, dude, I'm getting fucking. I don't care, man. I'm getting a ton of uh, you're gonna school starting next week. Ooh. So, but one of my professors just sent the same message twice. Um, That's how important it was, dude. You gotta. Oh, I gotta buy a textbook, dude. Bitch. Fuck you. Um. Yeah, dude, it's an American pop music class, so I'm pretty fucking juiced about that. It's gonna be tight. Um, I love school, dude. I'm so happy I went back. You went to college, right? Yeah. Where'd yeah. you Where'd you go? Sac State. Did you? What year did you graduate? Uh, fourteen. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was I was in college for seven years because it was like I went to junior college and then I dropped out for like a year, worked full time. Then I went back and took the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it takes a while. What'd you get your degree in? Communications. So it's, Are you doing anything specifically with it? Um, I mean, not right now, obviously, but because um, I'm unemployed. But not, I mean, with the communications degree, it's one of those things that you can just sell or market yourself as like a business major light. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, I know how to schmooze with people. And yeah. I can talk to customers and I'm really good with customer service. And then yeah. you just... Like, cause my previous job that I was with, with that elevator company, they made me like a sales rep and only because of how I would work with people or like interact yeah, yeah. with them, like on the phone and stuff. I'm like, okay. It yeah. was just simple stuff. Like, hi, how are you? I'm Spencer. Like, I hope you don't go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. it was, that, that's that a good was way of putting it, dude. It's like, yeah, that's, that's really the attitude you need. Yeah. And well, a lot of good it did. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But that was like a decent paying job, right? Like, Yeah, but it sucks, though, is that I still – I was making more money on unemployment geez. with, with, the, yeah, with yeah. the 600. Yeah, I mean, there's so many people Plus, that work. Though, but you know? yeah, uh, to, to your point, yeah. though, or to add to my point, even if they cut it to 200, gross, I mean, I'm still making almost the same. 200 a week or 200? 200, 200 a week extra on top of the 450 from the state. Yeah. Like, it's only – Six fifty a week, like thirteen hundred. Dude, that's still so fucking good, man. It's great, and it's like it's it's great. And it, what what's bullshit is people like you yeah. who have been employed this whole time, yeah. which are deemed quote essential workers. I'm making and, I'm making about four hundred a week. That's absolutely fucking bullshit. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and my sister works for the same company you do, and I mean it's nice getting that. X she still works there. Uh, yeah, she yeah. still works at the one right there, the Fair Oaks one. Oh, does she? Yeah. I, I'm right there with you, man. And, like, it's actually a good-paying job, too, yeah, which is, like, the hilarious thing about it mm-hmm. is, like, when I got on there, I'm like, oh, they're starting me at 15 an hour, and I'm getting 35 hours a week. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, as soon as COVID hits, it's like, actually, the government determ- determined what you need to survive is actually $600 extra a week. And I'm like, yeah, so what you, you're telling me is the $15 is just kind of a jerk off on my face. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's supposed to, like make me feel good but uh it's actually shit you know dog shit dude yeah man because i going back to school i'm like trying to figure out what uh what to do what are you thinking about well so i can i'm i can i'm eligible to transfer after next semester if i get the class i need and um i think what i'm i'm going to do is uh i don't know i'm so torn dude because like in a perfect world 
I major in political science. Okay. Um, but in a real world, I major in communications with a minor in political science. But it's like it feels kind of like a disrespect to myself to like quit my day job, quit a job where I was making, you know, right now I'd probably be making $50,000 a year with no college degree. I quit that to follow stand up harder, get a pretty good job. Nonetheless, like I'm not working a shitty day, like a desk job anymore. Like I feel so much more empowered and in like, you know, whatever. Um, if so, it feels disrespectful to be like, here's where I settle. You know, I really do want to major in political science. Like that's what I've, I, if comedy doesn't want to work out, I like worst case scenario, want to be like a, a high school government teacher. Yeah. You know, like that's worst case scenario. But the problem is, is that with only a bachelor's in political science, like your real two options are working on a campaign, like not doing anything fun, by the way, like yeah. your options are like you go fucking flyer and paper cities, you know, going door to door saying like, have you, work. have you ever heard of Kamala Harris? Oh, well, she puts black people in jail. Um <laughs> She's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Her. You're going to love her. She hates minorities. Um, and yet she is one. Yeah, a twist. sort of. I mean, well, she pretends to be. Well, she pretends. Sorry. Yeah, yeah she, she has, she she has the attitude of a rich white dude. Um, <laughs> she does. She very much does. Or your second option is my worst case scenario is just being a high school government teacher, which at that point, like I could save myself a lot of time in school and a lot of stress and just major in communications and then just go get my credential in history. And then be a high school government teacher. So, like, that's kind of the issue is, like, I want to major what I want to major in because I want to learn about it. But, like, truly, I should just save the money if my worst case scenario is actually my best case scenario, Mm -hmm. which is just become... Now, I could go for a master's or PhD, but what the fuck is the point in that, like, when I want to be a comedian? None. Exactly. So, like, it's just, like, this really fucked up balance right now where I'm, like, trying to, like, is it... Is it... Can I consider it settling, quote, unquote... To do something that I actually do want to do. Like, if I don't become a comedian, I want to be a high school teacher. Which is hilarious if you ever listen to my podcast or read any of my tweets. <laughs> that I'm saying that I want to be a teacher. Um, but, yeah. so you love kind of, children specifically. Yeah. Specifically, like, 14 to 16-year-old children. Okay. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. No, I really, honestly, like, the truth is, like, I don't want kids. I don't want to get married. Um, so, like, being a teacher would be fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a job like every teacher you talk to is oftentimes like super stressed out and i i hypothesize that a it is a hard job no doubt about it but b it's because you're trying to like live a life aside from being a teacher Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and for me like i would totally be able to just like consume myself within the work and like i would be the kind of teacher who'd be like fucking recording lectures and putting them online, just talking about history or government or whatever the fuck it would be. Like, that's the kind of dork I would be. You know, if I, if like being a teacher, like I will never settle on being a teacher until stand up like is completely out the window. Yeah. You know? So like, that would be the nice thing is it wouldn't be like, I'd be like leaving school to hit an open mic. Yeah. I, I, I promise myself I won't do that. Like if I'm going to go for stand up, I'm going to go for stand up. I'll mm-hmm. continue working at a grocery store mm-hmm. until that dream is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, also like a thing that I've been thinking about quietly Suicide. Is what suicide? <laughs> yes, no. I've been thinking about that very vocally. Um, <laughs> I've been letting everyone know. Uh, is if you look up the managerial positions at the grocery store I work at, I don't know if you've ever done this. But you already said where it is, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit out the name. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at the at the grocery store, are you gonna edit out the streets? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, dude. At- a manager, like the average salary is about sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, so I'm like, I could just fucking do that. It's awesome. You work four days a week, ten hour shifts. Not bad. You get medical. You get sixty thousand dollars a year. I mean, uh, hopefully, but and like I, I am at least like on the path to become that. Now the shitty part about it is that like on Monday you you have to be there at four thirty a.m. and then on Tuesday you're there until eleven p.m. So, like, the hours kind of suck ass, and they can just transfer you at any time, which sucks, too. That really fucking sucks. But it's, like, you know, like, that is the worst-case scenario, Mm -hmm. is I become a manager there. 
So it's like, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot, dude. Honestly, like all things considered. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't max you out as a crew member until I think $27 an hour. Okay. So even I know there's so many people that I work with that are just maxed out who just like come to work, basically just, you know, wiggle their dick in the back room for eight hours a day and then go home and make well, a pretty how good else living. Do you so, work? That's yeah, I, I work hard still. You know, I, I do the wiggling of my dick on my lunch break. I refuse to do it on company hours. That's good working, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I believe in capitalism as a system. I do. <laughs> I really do. I think it's rewarding. Again, this is why you're the Proud Boy podcaster. I know. Isn't that funny, dude? Is I'm like, I, like I, I want death to capitalism, but I also say retarded on my podcast and people get mad. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, you are, you are a unique individual, Drew Epshire. Yeah. Well, people are just dumb, dude. Like, yeah, that's what it boils down dumb. to. Yeah. I, I, I love doing the podcast. Like, it's my favorite thing in the world. But, dude, it's like, I didn't want fans. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I didn't want anyone telling me, like, hey, you shouldn't say this, which we don't get too often. But, you guys don't, I mean, you guys don't say that ridiculous. But, I mean, well, we're, we pick, threshold you me, know, we but. pick our shots, you know, that's, I think that maybe that's the only thing we actually do well mm-hmm. is like, we know when it's okay to make fun of a suicide and when it's not, <laughs> you know, like we're good about handling it with some tact. So we always have that plausible deniability of like, if you thought that pedophilia joke I made was fucked up, imagine the joke you missed that I didn't make about black people because yeah, (laughs) right. Exactly. Or whatever. Like I was going to say something completely insensitive to Asian Americans, but instead I made a suicide joke. So, Hey, you gotta be, you gotta be happy about that. That's what we call deal making. Yeah. And we also like, we also uh, are pretty selective about, um, you know, doing shit in Dr. Phil's voice. So it's actually satire, yeah, you know, you know, the races are inherently yeah, different. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, we'll just be like, you know, we'll just say something homophobic, but in a fucking Oklahoma accent. So everyone's like, Oh, they're making fun of Dr. Phil. Yeah. So it's no longer, uh, you can't just talk about it's the not, yeah, it's not us being, voice. yeah, it's not us being Islamophobic. It's Dr. Phil <laughs> in our brains being We're Islamophobic. We're in character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're in char- now, speaking of Dr. Phil, that's something I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you are currently in war with Dr. In a war with Dr. Phil, CBS Viacom? Yeah, something s- sort of like that. I mean, I really don't know what the extent is. As far as I can tell, we're in our legal rights. At first, so basically when we're streaming at Stab Comedy Theater, um, the videos automatically upload to YouTube after the stream. Mm-hmm. So during a stream, there's no copyright infringement. I don't really know how that works, to be honest, but it seems to be the case. You know, mm-hmm. they never like black out our screen during a stream. But once it gets uploaded to YouTube after, uh, Jesse, the guy who runs Stab, mm-hmm. will get emails that say, you know, so the first one that happened like three weeks after is Jesse goes, hey, look at this. You guys got a copyright strike. And in the email, it says, oh, there's a little burp for the people at home. Holler. Um, on the On the email, it says this video was manually reviewed buy and then the company name which is cbs viacom Mm -hmm. so the fact that it's manually reviewed means that they're not using an algorithm to go through and find you know dr phil's voice or the video or anything Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. because the video is so small and over our shoulder the the algorithm wouldn't be able to pick it up as if you repurposed a dr phil clip like if you just download a dr phil clip and then upload it to the internet Mm -hmm. cbs viacom runs an algorithm that just looks for the videos that they have exactly Technology is dumb. It is. Um, so what that means is that there's somebody at CBS Viacom that's probably some fucking shit paid intern that is getting paid to go through and look for like Dr. Phil reaction videos and shit, you know, and somewhat of a podcast. So at first it was like a three week gap and then it turned into like immediately like a three day gap. And then now, like, we're like, if a video goes up, like, yesterday we did the podcast at four. Mm-hmm. So it probably gets uploaded to YouTube at like 5 30. Mm-hmm. It, it's like less than 12 hours now. They're hitting copyright Damn. claims on it. So we kind of like jokingly, I mean, you know, just to boost the numbers or whatever, are like, like, ideally, perfectly ideally, we get a fucking cease and desist from Dr. Phil. Yeah. And then we cross that bridge when we get to it. But that would make such good content. And we just blasted out on social media as, like, us talking about Dr. Phil sending us a cease and desist. (laughs) And, uh, but, like, one thing we did is, like, loosely, very loosely, 
accuse him of murdering his ex-wife. That was quite the twist. Yeah, we didn't... Like, it wasn't planned, but, yeah, Dr. Phil had an, a wife named Debbie Higgins, who in 2014 died of an, quote, unknown illness. And basically what we surmised is who would have access to coronavirus before anyone else? Probably the world's most famous doctor. Now, who's the world's most famous doctor? <laughs> TV doctor, Dr. Phil. Ipso facto, he <laughs> murdered his wife via coronavirus in 2014. I mean, you name another unknown illness in 2014, and I'll listen to an argument, but I believe Dr. Phil used coronavirus to murder his wife. Allegedly, for uh, the lawyers out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all satire, so you're allowed to say it via parody law. Ah, but, that, that's a see, smart See, dude, right as there. long as you say that you're joking, they can't come after you. So everything I've ever said is a joke. Interesting. Yeah, pre, pre preemptively and... Proactively. Uh, yeah, proactively wow. is everything I've ever said is a joke. I've never said anything serious in my entire life. Um, so now everything I can say, like I can literally just say Dr. Phil killed a woman and he's gotten away with it for years because I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, God. but anyway, so that now we've kind of, uh, like yesterday we read, do you know what blind items are? No. Okay, so now you're going to get super into Epstein. <laughs> Blind oh items are like they're kind of like a, a dark motherfucker because originally they started as like celebrity gossip. So, uh, like here, I'll pull one up real quick so I can show you exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, let's go crazy. Yeah, you pull that up. I'm going to take a piss real quick. Yeah, yeah. Let me just edit this out. Yeah. All right, we're back. All right. Um, Regale me with these lovely exploits. Yeah, so it's kind of... They're, they're all so vague that it's kind of hard to like... So basically what they are is it's like agents and lawyers within Hollywood mm-hmm. will like leak this information to these websites. And they're called blind items. But they end up being like most of the time revealed. And so it's actually like... Um, kind of dipping right back into that Epstein realm or at least like the Hollywood pedophilia rings is like the blind item that like broke the biggest uh, recently was that like Charlie Sheen was the one who would fuck Corey Haim. Oh yeah. I remember that. That was like something that kind of picked up traction, but like that was well known on blind item sites is that Charlie Sheen is someone who like as a kid was, molested and then repeated that cycle with other kids as it usually goes when he was like in his 20s um but like um i'm just trying to find one so like on this website they do like blind items revealed Mm -hmm. and this one was from uh july 29th um the blind item was if the celebrity ceo is really combining the drug special k with all the other drugs he takes and booze we can sit here and wand wait for the death announcement. And then it says that that was revealed to be Elon Musk. So basically the accusation is that Elon Musk takes fucking ketamine with mixes it with all the other drugs he takes. And like, he's got a serious drug addiction and might die soon. So like, it's really interesting. Jesus um, Christ. Or this one, here's blind item, uh, five revealed this a minus slash B list, uh, singing actress has taken a lot of flack multiple times in the past few months. It hasn't stopped her from meeting up with a with a pap each day at exactly the same time and place. And it says Leah Michelle, who I think was like on Glee or something. But anyway, um, uh, basically, there was one yesterday that sounds like it's accusing Doctor Phil of lying to his wife about how much money his deal is for. Oh shit. In case they get divorced. So we, we broke that on the podcast yesterday, which like, it would be hilarious if we just became journalists. That would be like anti Dr. Phil journalists. Like (laughs) if we're able to kind of like break into like guys end up on Rogan. (laughs) Yeah. Like we just take down Dr. Phil. Well, Rogan is good friends with, uh, Jay McGraw. Who oh, is Doctor Phil's son and a, and a producer in Hollywood? Uh-oh. So, and that's how Doctor Phil ended up on Rogan's podcast. I was wondering why Rogan. I mean, why Doctor Phil? Was on yeah, Rogan yeah. The They're time. like Rogan's buddies with Jay. Ah, uh, okay. and then Doctor Phil's other son Jordan is just like a, the one of the worst musicians of all time. Is uh, he? What, what, what kind of bad is he? Like, um, 
He's like, dude, you know who like the best description would be is, do you remember Daughtry? Chris Daughtry? He was like on American Idol. What year? Uh, Like maybe like 2006, 2007. No, I don't know. Oh, man. It's like Chris Daughtry. Let's see here. He like wasn't uh, good. Let's see. Chris Daughtry. I thought everyone on America's Got or on American Idol was (laughs) full and tough. Oh, yeah. No, they're all super talented. Hugely talented talented people. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, let's see here. It says he was, do, 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 career, um, American Idol. He was on, yeah, 2006. Nailed it, dude. Uh, that's awesome. I, I fucking nailed that. Uh, yeah, Chris Daughtry. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, if, I bet if I, Apple Music, he had a song called Light On. Light on? Yeah, light on. Oh, light on. Okay. Yeah, let's see. Daughtry. Let's see if this picks up for the peop- for the folks at home. Yeah, this is this is this is the deep cuts. Yeah. Well, this will eventually be deep cuts. Yeah, remember yeah. That, remember that one time in June? Oh, wait. Maybe he didn't sing light on. Who was Motherfucker. That? He's saying it's not over. This song. Yeah, this is all. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know the song. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. that's the kind of music that Jay McGraw or Jordan McGraw makes. That is, that's. I I I, I thought it was going to be like a Colin Hanks or whatever the Hanks oh, kid Chet is. Oh, like, Chet Hayes. Chet Hayes. Yeah. Big Bo up to the sun. Big up to the island. Yeah. Big, big up, up to the island. It's your boy Chet. Yeah. Big up. Tune in. Uh, I love Chet Hayes. One yeah. of the funniest kids. Like just being. Tom Hanks. Did you see the the video of when he announced that Tom Hanks had coronavirus? No. Amazing. Wait, was it the one where everyone was like, you're a pedophile? Like on the... Uh... Well, he had fun with that. I actually liked when he did that because there is like accusations that Tom Hanks is a pedophile, yeah, which heard... I refuse to believe because like, Stockhart, like H- Hanks is my favorite fucking actor. Exactly. So until like I have like overwhelming evidence that tom hanks is a pedophile i will not believe that yeah um but no he did an ep- he did like a youtube video where he's just like he like just like sits down and he's just all yeah man so it's like true my parents got coronavirus like he's just like so fucking stupid and like talking with no fucking like bedside manner at all it's so funny he's just like Oh, yeah, man. So, like, my parent, my dad tested positive, you know, and now they're, like, stuck in Australia. So, appreciate all the kind words, but, like, shout out to everybody who's been nice to us. And, no, like, we're all good, you know? It's, like, it's like at the time, like, everyone thinks coronavirus is, like, a deadly fucking disease, yeah. which obviously it is. Yeah. But, like, everyone thinks, like, you get it, you die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's just all, yeah, no, they have it. <laughs> it's, like, so shitty. It was so funny. They didn't give big ups to the island. No, they give no big ups to the island yet. Big up. Dude, yeah. I can't imagine anything worse than white people singing reggae songs. I don't know. Sublime was good. I like Sublime. I like, I mean, Sublime was, okay. Let me take this back. Well, okay. Yeah. Rich white people. Yeah, I mean, there is something gross about, like, any white people who love the Caribbean. Yeah. Or even, like, my grandpa fucking loves Hawaii in a creepy way. And uh, it's, like, been an ongoing family joke for years. You got it's someone like, pregnant at Pearl Harbor? <laughs> no. No, he fucking, he's just, like, my grandpa's, uh, grandpa's a fucking interesting dude, man. He's just, like, he he sells weed in Reno. He's, like, 70. <laughs> He's he's a pharmacist who sells weed in Reno, and uh, he's just like a fucking dork. He's just like the biggest fucking dork, man. Like he just is like he spent his whole life trying to be cool, mm-hmm. and like now at seventy, he just like will not give it up. So like he he had like sixty six, maybe sixty seven, just decided he was going to like learn how to play bass and become a rock star. But, like, without any fucking... So, like... But he's got a ton of money. Has he ever played music before? Or no. Like, no, oh he's boy. no musical talent whatsoever. I mean, he listens to classic rock or whatever. But, like, you know, what the fuck does that mean, you know? If you can listen to Freebird, you can play <laughs> Yeah, Freebird. right, exactly. That's kind of his attitude. But, dude, like, most people, you know, because they don't really give a shit about, like, being cool. They just want to learn how to play the instrument. Mm-hmm. Totally. Would just, like, buy a shitty bass from Guitar Center and, like, not even an amp and would just try to, like, learn how to, you know, you know, play. 
But my grandpa immediately buys like a Marshall stack, which is like thirteen thousand dollars, and then like a fucking eight thousand dollar base. Oh my! And God. it's just like, yeah, I'm gonna learn how to play. And it's like, why do you need? He's got like eighteen fucking different sound effect pedals. And, like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And, like, it is funny because me and my sister joke around, like, yeah, it's funny just to watch, like, our inheritance money just go to, like, a hobby that <laughs> is never going to pay any dividends, you know? No, but don't worry, like, Drew. Like, this like, is going to gain so much value yeah, in this like, space. Put $13,000 into Apple stock, you piece of shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like help us out, motherfucker. Um, Selfish cunt. Yeah, man. I know. I hope God. my – I don't know if my parents are uh, – my dad, like, doesn't have, like, a lot of assets, but my grandparents, like, own a lot of property and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I always want, like, my grandma fucked up and told me how much her life insurance policy was. Well, that's a big, that's a big no-no. Yeah, because then you kind of just end up wishing your grandma would die. Mm-hmm. And it's fucked up. You know, it's a fucked up predicament to put me in. But it makes you feel better when it happens. That's true. <clears throat> that is a good point, actually. I didn't think about that. It's like it will kind of give me a sense of relief, you yeah, know, and be like sweet. Yeah, wait, yeah, bittersweet is a great way yeah. of saying it. Like about time, but sad to go, but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of how what age is it not sad anymore that your grandparents die? Yeah. Like I mean, I know people still get sad, but I think it is a little bit short-sighted. It's like nobody really should be on this planet longer than 70 years. Yeah. I'd say you've done everything you're going to do in 70 years. And if you haven't, you weren't meant to do it. Right. Exactly. Like nobody gets famous at 70. No, I I can't. I mean, who is the oldest person to get famous and stay famous? Not like, you know, this hundred year old British veteran. The oldest I can think of is Rodney Dangerfield. Like Rodney didn't get older. I think he got his first Carson at 51. First was on fifty one. Yeah, because I knew like he did comedy. He didn't do well, and then he went to like sell cars or yep. some shit for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then came back. And so, then... Yeah, he started doing stand up again at like forty three, mm-hmm. and then like took a couple years to get big, yeah. and then uh, like at fifty one got Carson for the first time. Damn. So that's the oldest person I know that. Got that's probably got to be it. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone else. Yeah, I'm sure that there's like I, I can't think of anyone, but I'm sure there's like someone who just like got cast in a movie to act, right? But I mean, there's all these like peripheral characters I can actually think of. Though. Yeah, peripheral. I mean, you can. You know think who's about like it. who I think technically might count is like. Uh, did you listen to Rage Against the Machine? Oh, totally. Like Tom Morello's mom kind of got a little bit of pseudo fame because like she would like introduce them at concerts. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Like she would. Uh, I think it's in like the Killing of the Name of Music video. She like brings like she like she's like this old white lady, hmm. and she just like comes out and she's just like, and now introducing the greatest band in the fucking universe rage against the machine but she would like intro she would like i think she went on tour with them and would like be their intro for concerts okay pretty tight pretty cool actually yeah yeah Yeah, but i don't think that she like really counts i don't think like if like people might know who tom morello is might know who tom morello is they're not going to know who his mom is to be honest though if you had said him first i wouldn't have known but you had said rage against the machine right yeah so tom morello is awesome oh yeah definitely that guy i just don't know who he is because yeah yeah. no i'm not saying that i'm an asshole yeah i'm not being like spencer how how dare you no no you should be (laughs) you should really just be shaming me that's really what you the only thing you should be doing right now i'm i I uh, shame i shame too much man i gotta get away from that I got to get away from judgment. I just want to become. Everyone judges, man. Anyone who's like, I don't judge people. They're the worst. People that say they don't judge people actually probably, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say this. People that say I don't judge others, they're racist. Yeah, probably. Well, they, it's just the denial. Like I'm super aware that I judge, but I think a better place to be would just to be like, everyone sucks. And so I should never like nihilism, I think baby. It's yeah. awesome. Come join me yeah, on the yeah. nihilism side. I can't. I can't be nihilist though. I believe too much in shit. Like that's my biggest problem. Like I, whenever I start getting like black pilled or anything, yeah. where I'm just like everything fucking sucks. Nothing really exists. Like I end up just being like, but I love my nephew, you know. <laughs> and like then I like just come back to center and just be like, no, I actually don't want to die. I don't care. Like yeah. I do care if my life ends. Like of course, I, yeah. I really am like. I am such a sappy fuck at the end of the day, like, um, that, like, nihilism just doesn't, 
I heard something recently that like cynicism is just pseudo intelligence. And I am starting to kind of buy into that. Like there's so many people who were, you're like, yeah, I just, I think that like this upcoming political race is, you know, kind of a sham. I really would like a candidate that represents most of America. Most definitely a sham. And then like people who just like refuse to read, just go like, none of it matters, man. It's all just controlled and it's all rigged. And I'm like, well, okay. So, so what's the fucking point of even living then? Yeah. Like, because that, if you think like that, that really becomes it is like, you can either just exist in a world where pedophiles run, run all of the country and all of entertainment and all of culture, or you can die. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so why are you still living? Like, yeah. if you think that there's nothing to be done, just die. Yeah. Because you, if you think that like, there's no changing anything, then what are you living for? So like, I, that's the reason I like stray away from nihilism is cause I'm like, I, I believe in nihilism in like the principle of like, Hey, it's okay when you die. You know, like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, I believe in it like that, but I really do want to, like, accomplish something. <laughs> like, well, yeah, well, I mean, you know? the, that's a good point. You know what? I was about to just kill myself after this podcast. Yeah. But you've really, dude, this really, apartment window's not high enough to jump from. I can't dude. wait until the end of this podcast. <laughs> this is what it's done to me. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I don't know. Just, uh, I think too much, I think. Like, even talking to you about, like, what I want to major in and shit, I've just been like, maybe I just want to major in philosophy and just, like, spend my days in Tibet, just in a fucking mountain. You definitely, I definitely recommend, like, going somewhere and travel. Have you, have you left um, the, the country? I've never been out of the country. I've been out of the country once when I was a kid to go to Tijuana. That's it. Oh, yeah. I remember that was a story you told yeah, about yeah. Wanderlust. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Dude, I definitely recommend some, doing some travel. You don't have to go across the world. Go to, what, what, have you been to a lot of states? No. You can go to, like, the complete opposite state of California. Like, go to fucking Maine. Yeah. Something like that and go write a Stephen King novel. Yeah, I and mean, that's yeah. basically what happens there is yeah. death and Stephen King novels. Yeah. I mean, after coronavirus, I definitely would like to save up some money and uh, travel a little bit. I think that, like, what sucks, though, is I got to move next year. So I'm, like, anticipating that. Where are you moving? Probably just to Sacramento. Oh. Okay. My sister's, you know, I live with my sister right now, and she's moving to San Diego. So, in she, June. She's better than us? Yeah, that's kind of it, I think. She's just what like. What a I'm, dick. Yeah, she sang a Tom Petty song and was like, I got to get out of this town. <laughs> um, No, so, like, I'm like, I want to travel, um, but I also uh, want to live comfortably. You know, that's kind of the issue is, like, I guess maybe part of the reason I want to do comedy as a profession is that it gives you a reason to travel. Mm-hmm. I was going to say a reason to be poor, but yeah, yeah it's also yeah, yeah. both of those. <laughs> um, but I would just love to like, I think that it's cool once headliners get to like a certain point where they're like, I'm just going to do a show in like Berlin yeah, and probably not do well. And then, but I'll get to be in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome to me. Yeah. I think that's what like Bill Burr would talk about in his mm-hmm. podcast sometimes. Like, yeah, fucking go to Dublin. I'll just yeah. do a show. See, that's rad. Yeah, it's fucking dope. I like, honestly, like, I'm kind of actually happy. One thing about coronavirus that has made me a bit happy is I want to do the Scotland Edinburgh Fringe Festival yeah. where you're in Scotland for a fucking month. That'd be dope, dude. And you're doing, like, almost an hour every single night. And so I'm, I'm like, that's cool because now I can, like, really work on getting over there for a month and just being, like, being in Scotland. Dude. And uh, just doing a bunch of drugs with people Hell and yeah. like it be it sounds fucking awesome. So I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about that and maybe doing that. Um, but yeah, man, fucking life's cool right now. I know that the world's on fire and shit, but there is kind of something cool about being surrounded by so much chaos. It, there is. I, I I can't really articulate it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like I feel I feel almost because I grew up in so much fucking chaos that I almost feel comfortable right now. Where I'm just like ah. Everyone's fucking miserable, you know? It's yeah. cool. Like, I wish that I could go to the gym. I wish I could do comedy, like, regularly. But everything besides that, man, I'm just hanging out, you know? Yeah. Having point. open mics back was such a relief. <sighs> Sorry to keep you on in so much. You're good. I'm very boring. No, it's not you. <laughs> I got to shit so bad. <laughs> you, you, shit, you can go shit. No, dude. man, this is going to be a nasty one. Ooh, that's hot. I spent the night with the, the old GF last night. Uh-oh. So it's like, I haven't pooped in. Yeah, yeah I get that. I've pooped in like 18 hours. Oh, that's fun, man. Well, I think that's probably a great place to uh, wrap it up. What did we do? About an hour there? We did about an hour, right? Yeah, cool. I think I think I talked for 56 minutes total. 
It's. I mean, the, why else would I have someone on? That would be the worst if I just had you over and then talk for the entire time. Dude, that's all me and Parker do whenever we have a guest on. Yeah, but, we just continue to over overshoot them on it's everything. It's mostly you two, though. So yeah. I mean, if it's, I've never done an episode alone yet. Yeah. There's no no one's listening to this just for me, or at all. Yeah, I guess I see what you're saying. Um, so I basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk for the next 55 minutes and I just need <laughs> you to just like give grunts and affirmatives yeah, I'll just go, mm, mm-hmm. mm. and then I'm going to edit over, I'm going to replace everything we've done in the past hour with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Sounds good. So, uh, tell the people where they can find you. Um, people can find me on social media, uh, twitter.com backslash drew Absher, Instagram, drew Absher is dumb. Facebook drew Absher. Um, if you want to hear more of me talk for free, uh, the podcast, fill my heart. Obviously we talk about Dr. Phil, um, look out for sports ball coming soon. That's going to be the next project. Um, sports game show type. Spencer was on the first episode. It's fun, man. Maybe I'll actually reach out to Jesse today and see if, uh, actually I could probably just find it on YouTube, strip the, the, the audio. Anyway, now I'm just thinking out loud. And then, uh, if you want to take a gamble maybe you enjoyed this a lot and you want to subscribe to the patreon that's patreon.com slash fill my heart we talk about everything not dr phil related so that's fun um so yeah check that out uh that's it for me man cool all right well dude thanks again for coming heck yeah uh, dude thanks for having me check him out drew absher fill my heart and i guess parker newman is an extension but most mostly just drew absher yeah just check out drew absher really check out drew absher just hit the 15 second forward button every time parker starts talking that's probably the best idea yeah yeah easily that's definitely a good idea <laughs> all, all right, right. love you bye bye bye